This is Mackenzie Milton, and you're listening to One Night Stand. Caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Caught with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't be by harder. This is One Night Stand. Presented by SeatGeek, use promo code UCF Problems for $20 off your Cincy tickets this week. That's promo code UCF Problems, all one word. $20 off your SeatGeek purchase. See you guys in Cincinnati. What up, Night Fans? It's Tuesday, October 1st. On today's show, we break down the 56 21 annihilation of the Yukon Huskies in the final battle, the final chapter of the civil conflict. All good things must come to an end, and it's Definitely been a good rivalry. So we'll break that down. Uh, we talk about our friends to the West. They're an absolute dumpster fire. We moved up four spots in the AP poll. And as always, Money Moves Picks. And we answer every single question that you tweeted us in the mailbag. And I'm here with... Money Moo. UCF bounces back with a big win over UConn, 56-21. But it wasn't nearly that close. UCF led 42 to nothing at halftime before pulling most starters for the entire second half. Freshman phenom Dylan Gabriel was 11 of 16, 281 yards, and three touchdowns, all of which going to Gabe Davis. Yeah, it was an electric like first three quarters of the game, and then we gave up 21 straight points. I hope you didn't bet the spread, which we did not recommend doing, because if you did, you would have been very upset. We were up 42, so we were like, the spread was 43 and a half, so we were in spread striking distance, but then you kind of had the ball, and you just kind of knew it was going to happen. So I feel like we're biased. Like Moo will say to bet UCF more than any other school, so if he doesn't say to bet UCF, you really shouldn't bet UCF. Yeah, just pass. Yeah. Never bet against UCF. You can't, I'll never tell you to bet against UCF. You can't lose if you don't bet. Right. Also can't win, though. <laughs> Um. Yeah, crazy game, crazy awesome game. Gabe Davis just balled out. That one touchdown that everyone keeps, uh, the the video that keeps going around, where he uh broke out. It looks like he should have been tackled like three or four times, and then like, just like open arms hug to the grandpa. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. So watching that in real time, I I just thought that was some random dude. Fan. I, was like, <laughs> I thought that was some. Fan. Oh, that's so cool. Like, imagine the story he's got. Well, you know, it still has a story. And I was like, it's it's his grandpa. I was when I saw that, I was like, dude, whatever he pays for the field cabana pass is totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. Um. That was awesome. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what we thought. I don't know if you guys saw. I guess going back to betting, I said take UCF. First quarter spread was minus 13 and a half. We're up 28 to nothing, which is our biggest lead in the first quarter at home. But I feel like we always score at least three touchdowns and never give one up at home in the first quarter. I guess Stanford, what was that, like 28 to seven or something? But still. Yeah, overall, I think that the offense looked pretty good. It was. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Here's another thing I want to address, too, is, you know, we had squints on last week. And I feel like although we got a good analytical outlook of our offense over the last few weeks it was kind of negative and that wasn't the point we just wanted to like open people's eyes to what we were doing and how we thought it could get better and I'm not saying we have any influence or anything but Moo, what were the two things that squints like really harped on last week what should have we been doing better well he squints the master 
said the God, the Godfather. (laughs) He said we should have been passing more on first down. Whoa. He might have opened some eyes. Normally, we were passing like, I don't know, like 55 or 60% or something like that. I think he said even more. And the success rate was very, very low. I remember him saying the success rate of the run plays on first down was like 15% or something. Something not good. So what did we do this game? Well, our first 13 first downs, we passed on 10 of them. Okay. Now, I didn't I didn't count the first and goal we had on the one or the first and goal we had on the four because... Those are different. Right. Yeah, Those are pretty much run plays anyway, but I think we opened some eyes, man. I'm not going to say uh, Hypo listens to the pod, but maybe, maybe somebody that can get in his ear. Someone loosely associated, maybe... It's just a very odd coincidence. That, George O'Leary? You know, no. <laughs> It's a very odd coincidence that, you know, Squints came on and really harped on the fact that we needed to pass more on first down. The second thing, motion, more motion. And what did we do? I had my eye on looking for motion, a ton of motion. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, Big, a lot of people running around. Biggest case of that was on the AK 73-yard touchdown run. We had Hescock motioning to the left, which led the linebackers to shift more Opened up the box to in their the middle right. area. And like I heard in the press conference after, AK said that the offensive line just parted the Red Sea. They really did. And straight and up the gut. The he thing, went 73 yards. And the thing is, you know, you take Hescock out of the box, linebacker shifts over. That's one person that less that has to get blocked and gives them more room to run. It's awesome. So is it safe to say, Squints, director of analytics for UCF, can we I don't him? know why they haven't hired him. I mean, maybe they did, and he's just not allowed to tell us. He's got like a non, uh, like a disclosure thing or whatever. <laughs> That's, I mean, you never know. But uh, anyway, no, that was that was amazing, though. It was you awesome. know, I've never met anyone that can break down plays like Squints before and just be so right about something. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like analytics are correct. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Yeah. Um. No, that was awesome. Obviously, we knew we were going to win this game. It was like, it wasn't a matter of are we going to win it or not. It was like, are we going to win by like twenty or forty or whatever. But I was definitely impressed with the kind of multiple looks we had on offense. And I never use this word, but other people have. They said we kind of looked vanilla at Pittsburgh, and we were like the opposite of vanilla. There was definitely a lot of lot more stuff going on. We we're like strawberry or something. Any um, experience at this point for a freshman quarterback is good experience. Exactly. Every game is going to keep getting better. And if there's one good thing to take away from the pit game, it's that he's faced all kinds of adversity already. We got that out of the way. He's ready to rock and roll for the rest of the season. Yeah, not to compare him too much to KZ, but you look at KZ's freshman year. Now, he I don't think he had the players on the team with as much experience as he did in 2017 or 2018. But you tend to compare the freshman seasons and I think DG is already a step ahead yeah you know that's not fair to KZ though because we had a whole team learning a completely different system we went from the you know the George O'Leary 1950s basic offense to like the Scott Frost complicated stuff we didn't have like a lot of senior leadership but it's not fair to KZ but on paper DG obviously having a better season. You know, you throw KZ in as a freshman with this team around him, he might be as good. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, no, he, I, Yeah, yeah, I get it. The future is bright. That's all I want to say. The future's 
great. It's looking dude. good. I mean, it's very promising. We st- like if he was throwing a bunch of overthrows, freshman QB. If he had more than he has two picks, yeah, but okay, one of them clearly wasn't his fault when he got sacked halfway through the throw. The one that hit him, or like the ball didn't. Yeah, come out and clean. the other one. Okay, maybe it was his fault, but. You told me a freshman quarterback was going to go through five games and only have one pick every day. I Take agree. It every day, and he's only going to get better. That's right. Like this is probably the worst we're going to see him. Yeah. Ever. Oh yeah. Probably. He's just going to keep getting better. All right. So we could talk about him all day. Anything else you noticed uh, from the game all around? One thing that kind of stuck out to me that's kind of been a trend, and not just spread related, but it does seem like we give up a lot of points toward the end of the game. Anything you think you can attribute that to? or? Well, yeah. I mean, we had our third and sometimes fourth stringers out there. Even though I didn't bet the game, I would much <laughs> rather have these younger guys, especially now that the redshirt rule has changed. You can play in up to four games. This experience is so, so valuable, it's very for, valuable. The, for these freshmen and even the people that are going to redshirt this year. Yeah. A um, couple of players that I saw in the second half that really stood out Dude, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. This dude was all over the field. I think he had a couple tackles for loss, a couple nice solo tackles. He even dropped an easy pick that I wish he had back. Probably would have caught it 99 times out of 100, but he's he's starting to become my favorite, you know, freshman maybe breakout player next little sleep, year. Sleeper pick. Another guy, Tatum Bethune. He caused a fumble on one of the carries by Kevin Mensa. Popped the ball out. Yep. And then um on the offensive side we met him at the spring game trillion coles dude had a couple of electric runs he's very shifty reminded me of darren sproles what a name he looked just like darren sproles on the on the field but so look at the stats so trillions 58 180 darren sproles is 56 190 he's just very shifty his feet move all, all over the place and dude his name yeah trillion. that's an announcer's dream it's like more than a billion it's yeah it <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to name my kid Kazillion. <laughs> Is that I don't even know what after what's after a trillion. No, it's it's always good to see the backups in because honestly, like a lot of the time when we're not that good, and then if say someone gets injured and the backup comes in, we literally have no idea who they are and we have no expectation. So it's cool to get to see everyone get all these reps. And there was a tweet that came out too. I think like. 63 or 64 different players got to play in the game, which was by far the most we've had all year, um, which is awesome. Speaking of backups, uh, I I don't like that word for this situation, but technically, you know, Daryl Mack is not the starter, so he is now the backup. He came in the game. I thought he looked good. Uh, What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I just want to shake off the rust. He hasn't played in any games this year, you know, coming off an injury perfect opportunity to just get him some in-game reps, get a little bit more experience under his belt. I mean, this is this dude's fourth game of action. It's crazy right? to think about that. <laughs> I, I mean, like, this dude, Gabriel yeah. has more in-game experience right now than Mac. Wait, really? Wait, I'm dead serious. I know you're right, but I have to think about that. Maybe? I don't no, know. No, I mean, what? He started ECU. He started Memphis. And he started LSU. He had Daryl Mack has had three starts. Right. Dylan had FAU, Stanford, Pitt, and UConn. Yeah. Right. Wow. Dude, 
I'm just saying. It feels like we're taking him for granted, but I'm not taking him for granted. It's just crazy that it all changed that fast. It just felt like it was like max job for an extended period of time. And really, it was only just the end of last year. Like I've said all along, he's a really good quarterback. Not a bad problem to have. Do we maybe have a little quarterback controversy? No. No. <laughs> no, 100% no. All right, we'll squash but, that. But, you know, it's it's good to have experience all around. Yeah. It, you never know what happens. Where would we have been if Mac, you know, maybe if Mac didn't start that game at ECU last year? We probably would wouldn't have beat Memphis, honestly. I don't think we would have. Yeah, he wouldn't have had the experience to kind of fight through that kind of adversity. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that goes back to the whole thing. Everything happens for a reason. I mean, you never know, you know, Dylan Gabriel, if something happens, we've got someone very, very capable backing him up, which kind of brings me to another point that a lot of people have been talking about, and I feel like the chatter's kind of ramped up these last couple weeks. It's, why is Dylan Gabriel not running the ball? Um, And I'm not asking you, but I just want to talk about it because it seems like, you know, we run these little zone reads and, you know, if the DN goes crashes on the running back you're supposed to keep it and it looks like he's wide open but he's never kept the ball and a lot of people have a lot of opinions on that I want to know what yours is Moo. I mean I don't think you should have any designed runs but I've definitely seen on more than one occasion this year that he's tried to force a ball where he could have ran and picked up the first down now it pains me to, to say this but on that last drive or the second to last drive uh, that we had against Pitt, it was third and two. You know, about to score a touchdown, oh, and I thought we weren't talking about Pitt anymore. He was running. <laughs> he was running to his left. He could have walked like three more steps to get the two yards, and he decided to throw it to Hescock. It was a little high, you know. That would have hit the team. Neither here nor there, but anyway, uh, yeah. I just think. He's either being told not to run or... So let's look at the big picture. Okay. A read option play, very simple. You watch the DN, whatever. If they take you, you hand it off. If not, you run the ball. Very simple. Clearly, he's not making his decision based off the DN because the DN is crashing every time on these plays and he's not running the ball. So what does that tell us? He's told not to run the ball. He was committed to Army which is like a read option, whatever, offense. Yeah, that's true. And as a football player, that's clearly not the play. There's no option for him but to hand the ball off. So I think we should kind of look at the big picture. Look, I get it. If it's open, you should take it. But if it's UConn, you should never take it because there's literally no incentive for him holding the ball, to, to run the ball. There's none. We're going to beat him anyway. Other games, I get it, yeah. But in UConn... I don't think so. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear what our coach has told him to do on these plays. There's no other explanation that makes sense. Yeah, it, all, it all comes down to experience, too. You know, maybe that third and two, he maybe next year, you know, he'll tuck it and run it. But I don't, it, it's I, all, it all comes down to being a freshman. You know, they're still trying to figure out kids 18 years old, geez. less experience than Mac. Just what he's done so far is unbelievable. Dude, he was born when we were in like seventh grade. Or I know. Like that. <laughs> and we're not even it's that old. Cra- it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I think he's doing a fine job. He's doing, he's doing a, an incredible job. He's I don't doing think a great we job. I could have asked for any, anything more. 
you were higher on him than me before going on into the season. But if you would have told me like how good he is now, I would have settled for half of that. He's a yeah, true same, freshman. Same. He's a true freshman. So whatever. We're fine. I mean, if this is the worst problem we have, oh, he's not running the ball. Like, and whoop de Whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on. So Wait, the- we didn't talk about the defense. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. Okay. So the first string defense looked very solid. I'm going to tell you, they looked hungry, man. The Lights out. Two picks, one of which returned for a touchdown by Neville Clark that I jumped up and down a lot for that one. That was I, exciting. I loved that one. <laughs> Someone dropped like a wide open one, too. There was two or three that they dropped that I wish we could have had back. Anyway, uh, we did good on the run stuffing. You know, still a little bit of a a challenge for us to get pressure on the quarterback, but... You know, it's just something else to work on. It's, we can't be we can't be great at everything. I I get that. Um, mobile, it's week five, and first string defense didn't give up any points. Yeah, mobile quarterbacks are gonna always give us trouble. We saw it LSU Burrow, not like that mobile, but he can move around. Obviously, the pit guy, kind of mobile. Hopefully, we can adjust and, and make up for that. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, and last year they told us that Desmond Ritter, the Cincinnati quarterback, was mobile, but really just shut his ass down, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was so scared last year of Cincinnati. Just like game day, all the hype. I was like, whoa, we're, we're getting too hyped up now. Got to stay humble. Stay humble. Instead, and, we were like oh, God, better they than were we horrible. Thought. Yeah. But I think a lot of that had to do with home field advantage, which we're not going to have this Friday. I mean, I'll be there. I'll be as loud as I possibly can. But nothing can replicate what happened on those first two plays in the Cincinnati game last year. That was like goosebumps, like, oh, crap, we made it. Like, so much emotions going in at once because, you know, we've talked about it before. They throw that flag, and it's like, we did that. Like, I was I was a part of this. Oh, and that brings me to another thing. So I was talking to someone that was at a Seahawks game, and apparently – they have a running tally of like false starts. So mm. it goes up like say there's a false start and they're obviously loud on every defensive possession. The number goes up. It ticks up from like 391 to 392 and it just gets everyone even more bonkers. Ah, that's a good idea. We need that. We need that. We need that. That's a great idea. Danny, you hear that? All right, good. Yo, Danny. You there? <laughs> um no, but seriously, the home field advantage played a huge factor. We got out ahead early against them, and they really had no chance. We might not have that kind of same luck, I guess. You know, on the road, Friday night game, it's probably going to be loud. It's probably going to be a hostile atmosphere this Friday night. You never know. I go back to two years ago when we played them in Cincinnati. It was a complete runaway. Yeah, um, was it like 48-21 in like the third quarter when the lightning struck and they canceled the game and yeah, lost some, all our bets? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, just, I'm just telling you right now, it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like that on Friday. They want revenge. It's double revenge. That's what I'm saying. Two years in a row. I know. I'm, I'm saying. I'm, I'm with you. I'm saying it's not going to be a, a cakewalk here. This could be a tough game. Well, it's going to be a tough game. We'll save that for Money Moves Picks. Okay. Um, What else we got here? Uh, Okay, AP ranking. How about that? What a surprise. We just pop on up to 18 with the, you know, casual steamroll of UConn. What are your thoughts on that? 
So I thought we were going to move up to 19 just because three teams in front of us lost. But we jumped Michigan. Us jumping Michigan. I can guarantee you, weren't we just talking about this last year? How I can't remember exactly what happened, but somebody jumped us and it was was completely unnecessary. It was like Iowa State with two losses jumped us for no reason. We won like 50 to nothing and they still jumped us. So now we jump Michigan, even though Michigan just beat Rutgers, which is a little bit better. Maybe but it was a little like, bit better. It was like UConn. fifty-two to nothing. They did nothing right. wrong, right? Yep. We both have one loss: us to unranked Pitt and them to top ten Wisconsin. So yeah, uh, that just shows you the brand is strong, man. <sighs> the brand is very strong. We're jumping Big Ten teams when we both win. We have a loss. And we're still ranked. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Duh, like, I'm, where's the uh, the, the mind blowing emoji? I'm trying to. I'm doing that. You guys can't see it, but it's just like. Phew. There are pa- there are undefeated Power Five teams that are behind us. Wow, at least one. Yeah, Wake Forest. It's Wake Forest. Wake Forest has two ACC wins. Yeah, and I mean, they're undefeated, and they're ranked behind us. The brand brand is strong. strong. Yeah. yeah, brand is strong. Say it again. The brand is very strong. We're, like, allowed to lose. The last two years, it's felt like if we don't go undefeated, the season's over. And I think that was a lot of the emotion losing that pit game. My initial reaction, without thinking about everything else going on, was just the season's over because that's what we're used to. It's either run the table or Birmingham Bowl. And it's turned out that that's not the case. We're allowed to lose a game. We're allowed to have a mess up. It's crazy. It's like this giant weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I think now more than ever, and I said this last week, that I didn't think we needed Boise State to lose to make it to the New Year's Six. What are they at now? They're at 16. We're right we're behind We're at 18. Them. And we, we're creeping With up. us jumping Michigan and both winning, both having only one loss, it shows respect to the brand, I would bet, a lot of money. If, or, or who's going to go to the Cotton Bowl, us or Boise, if we both went out? It's us, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's us. but, you know, the little disclaimer here. This is just the AP poll. The college football play- playoff ranking can come out completely different. We don't know what those 12 people in some hotel room in the Midwest are going to decide. Normally, it comes out, and it kind of mirrors the AP, but there's like one or two that are like five spots off for whatever reason. So just a little that disclaimer. That is true, there. but I honestly think that that's even more in our favor right I, now. I agree because we've got the brand on our side. They don't have crap right now. Boise State is thirty third in the power ranks. They're garbage. They're behind plenty of two loss teams and even a three loss South Carolina. That loss to Pitt really didn't knock us down that much. We're still ranked fourteenth in the power ranks. It's the quality loss we've been waiting for for three years. I'm joking when I say that, but it's like somehow actually kind of true, and it's freaking hilarious. So anyway, got to take care of business though. One and zero coming up this Friday. Yeah, Cincinnati. uh, ESPN. I like ESPN. Eight o'clock game though, pretty late, but that's fine because like you can go to happy hour. You know, if you have to work late on Friday, it's perfect. If you're on the West Coast, you get off work. I'm doing Just math. Go quickly to a TV because get it's off work. Start. <laughs> Yo, actually, so what is better than a seven o'clock? Let's talk about this a little bit. I was just in New Orleans for the Sunday night game, uh, Saints at Cowboys. Very boring game, but Central Time is awesome. Everything starts an hour earlier 
but you still have games go kind of late. I feel like it's the perfect mix between, well, obviously East Coast and West Coast. But what are your thoughts on on the different? I time think zones? any time zone other than the East Coast is awesome. Like when I was in California, no, Cal- I was in California for like the NBA Finals. Like the last games at like five p.m. Though, dude. Like, what if you uh you you have a bad day gambling and it's like seven p.m. No, but it's better because you just wake up and football's on. It's on at ten though. Like, it yeah, takes me so? a couple hours for my brain to get. I don't know. I Central Time. I'm I'm hooked on Central Time. Uh, mountain, Mountain Time. A maybe sleeper a good, pick. Yeah, maybe a good pick. Uh, Broncos games at what started like two o'clock. It's perfect. I don't know, I, dude. I'm in no shape to do math right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't know what, what were we talking about? Yeah. Central time. Great. Uh, do it or whatever. Eight o'clock ESPN Cincinnati. Couple of big questions coming in. How do you think Dylan Gabriel is going to react knowing that Mac is back and ready? This is something I thought about earlier today. Cause it's like when you're in a QB battle and I'm sure Kyle Israel could talk more about this is like, are you always looking over your shoulder? Like, Oh man, if I mess up one too many times, like I feel am like I gonna get pulled? Competition, especially ma- as a freshman, you know what I mean. I feel like competition makes everyone better, so I think this is only a positive. But do we have a quarterback controversy percolating? No, I don't think so. But I'm just saying, like in his mind, what if he does? What if he throws two really dumb interceptions to start off the Cincinnati game, and we're only like seven minutes into the game? What do you do if you're Josh Heupel? Right, keep Dylan in. Yeah, you gotta you gotta stick with the plan and show yeah. confidence because if you don't, that'll ruin his confidence even more. But- right, absolutely. I'm just saying we gotta see how Dylan's gonna react. Now down twenty one nothing on the road to Pitt. Yeah, we saw how he reacted. So why do we have to see anything? I think we know. I'm just I think saying we know I think we know I think we know the answer to this entire discussion right now. Yeah. I think you're it's right. his job. You told me. But again, if Mac has to step up, we know he's ready. Yeah, he's ready. It's a good problem to have. Let's talk about Cincy a little bit. So this kind of reminds me of last year where everyone was kind of scared. Like, oh, Cincinnati, you know, people are talking them up. They're 3-1. and one. Their only loss is to Ohio State. Granted, it was 42 to nothing. Even FAU scored some points on them. Sign idea. Okay. Cincinnati. Can't stop our runs with the Skyline Chili logo. <laughs> what do you think? Did you do that last year? I think I was thinking about it, but I never did. <laughs> what do you think? I got front, uh, dude, front row 50 yard line. I'll put the really? podcast logo there. Are you behind our bench or theirs? Yeah, our bench, oh, dude. Yeah. Nice. Not bad. All right. So, my take on the game is I don't think they've been tested yet. I think, well, I think what, they what, were, what was Ohio State? They were tested and they failed. Dude, 42 okay. zip? Come on, you can't even score a point. Here's their other three wins. Marshall, Miami, Ohio, and UCLA. Mar- UCLA is a dumpster fire. Yeah, they had some <laughs> fluke win against Washington They're like State. one and four or They something. were down like 40 points. In oh, the game. that was their one yeah. win? So yeah. besides that, they're like one and four, one That's and three. That's what I'm saying. So Ooh, sin- Chip Kelly on the hot seat. Yeah, not yeah, good. I, not know good. It, I know it's a road game for us. You but- know what else was a road game? Marshall... On the road against Boise State, only lost fourteen to seven. Yeah, well, I think that, that speaks. Vo- no, I'm saying I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, though, well, about, about Boise. Well, we're talking about Cincy. 
<laughs> I know. We I just got, said that Boise like isn't way as good. As, Boise isn't as good as we thought they were. So something. I'm gonna fill this in. Since right. he beat Marshall 52-14, and Marshall lost to Boise 14 to seven. Couple other tidbits for Cincy that the offensive line, even though it's experienced, really not that good. Giving up twelve sacks, so us getting pressure on the quarterback has got to be number one priority. Yeah, on and that's kind of been our weakness on defense so far this year, I would say. If there's anything to point out, it's, yeah, I mean games yeah. games are won and lost on the line, dude. Yeah, offensively. Desmond Ritter, same guy as last year. Actually, they have a lot of the same people. That's the guy that Jasinski like killed, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> okay. So eight touchdowns, three picks on the year. You know, not necessarily like lighten it up. Um, Bad though. It's like he's averaging like two touchdowns and an interception per game. Yeah. The other thing, the offense as a whole, same as last year. They're really not that good. They're only averaging twenty-seven points a game. They're running the ball. Well, hold on. Twenty-seven is a decent average points per game. Not in college though. Uh, what is our average? Forty-nine. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just saying, you know, Brent Murphy or whatever. McMurphy. I know. Brent Murphy always does that tweet every week. Who's like, oh, UCF scored thirty or more points and it's now straight now. Thirty-one consecutive. So thirty is like my benchmark. So when you say twenty-seven, I'm like, oh, they're only three points less than us, but our average is actually way higher. Right. Anyway, continue. And the rushing attack. Even though they had this sophomore stud, Michael Warren. Yeah, we heard all about him last year. We shut him down last yeah, year. Wait, he, I didn't even hear his name last year. He didn't do squat. Like Averaging four yards a carry as a team, that's good for 80th in the nation. Ooh, Pretty blah to me. And really, just their whole offense is kind of blah. I mean, the defense is going to have to step it up on the road. We just saw Pitt's offense uh, score a big old 14 points against Delaware. Delaware. So, Dude. That was rough. I was However, you didn't bring that up. Was that at home, too? It was at home. But Don't! they didn't have, like, half of their team for whatever reason. Kenny Pickett didn't play. That I know. running back that ran all over us didn't play. But it's Delaware. Uh, That's what? not even a city. Everybody has their own game. Has their <laughs> bad games. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we had ours against Pitt. And Pitt had theirs against everyone else, apparently. Right. Anyway. So, to me, I just think Cincinnati, they're a very blah team. And they're like a missionary I team. don't want to sound like extremely confident, <laughs> but I just don't really see... I don't see where they're going to score a bunch of points on us. I agree. And if they do, I don't see how they can keep up with our offense. I, I, I really also don't. agree, but you know what? I actually can see because... Night game, on the road, they're going to be super hyped, and I can see exactly what could happen. If we have a quick three and out, they hurry up and score. We have another quick three and out. We've seen this before. That's the downfall of our high-tempo offense is like when we don't get a first down, the defense is on the field the entire game. But we'll be passing on first down just like That's true. That's true because Hype or one of his minions listened to our last episode. We're fine. Really, it's our doing yeah. the, the offense pretty much. Yeah. So if we go undefeated from here on out, you yeah. know who to thank. Yeah. Uh, Anthony. Give Squints the game ball for last game. All right. So let's get to our interview with Aaron Evans. He's a former UCF offensive lineman. You may have seen him in the news recently. He painted a couple murals at the UCF stadium. Um, he kind of took a 180 with his career after football into the art world and he was a previous guest on our show 
But last we talked to him, he was just starting in the AAF. He had played for the Eagles and then UCF before that. He was kind of in a transition. That league completely folded. He told us what that was like as the league literally ended in a split second. Then how he kind of transitioned into doing art. And it was uh, it was really cool to talk to him, and he opened up to us about his whole entire story. So I think you guys are really going to like this talk with him. Let's do it. All right, we're here with Aaron Evans, the former offensive lineman for UCF and the Orlando Apollos, and a brief stint with the Eagles last year. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much, dude. So uh, the last time we talked, you were still playing football, so let's... Talk about that first. What was it like playing in the AAF for uh, for Coach Spurrier? Um, honestly, it was really fun. Uh, it was a little disorganized and um, chaotic at times, but it was a good experience overall. I really I enjoyed my time playing. It was cool to be able to play next to Chris Martin and uh, Jordan McRae. Um, that was such a cool experience from being a freshman. Um and they were seniors, and then being able to play next to them. Um, so you, ne- just, you never really got to play with them, like. Yeah, so I never got to play with them. So it was a really just like it was an honor to be able to play next to them. That's awesome. As that's, that's as really an older cool. player and stuff, um, it's like time traveling. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. I never even thought about that. So playing on the Apollos, obviously, we all know how that went down. But what was it like from from your perspective? Can you give me like kind of like a play-by-play or something? Because like there were kind of rumors of it, and then all of a sudden one day it was just like, all right, it's over. Um, it was. Uh, we all sort of were hearing murmurs of it that like that some of my people in their money and blah blah blah, and they were just always joking about it, like because there were some other financial issues where we didn't get paid the first week or whatever. Right. And um, we were just sort of like all like cynical, I guess. And then we were at walkthrough the day it happened. And they were like, all right, get dressed and go to get dressed. You have five minutes to get dressed and come back out for ready for practice. And so we were in the locker room getting dressed and we were all hurrying to get dressed. And um, the head of the team, Tim, he walks in and he's like, all operations cease right now. Um, everyone pack your stuff up and go home. And it was literally just like that. So, <laughs> um, we just, everyone was, just like looking around like, yeah, we were all just like, what is going on? And, um, we all like, I mean, everyone was like a free for all with stuff. Like everyone started grabbing their gear, um, just <laughs> taking, taking everything they could take, like right. travel stuff. Cause like if the league was dead and then all this stuff was just like right, homeless, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, everyone's like just snagging everything. Um, huh. So it was just like free for all. It was a little chaotic. Um, it was just a really weird. It was like a, um, in the closing, cause we had like a closing meeting after they talk, kind of like, told us that everything was done and like Spurrier got up and talked and um, he was like emotional talking about how like you guys like really helped me come go out as a champion because uh, of his past and stuff and yeah. being able to like kind of send a legend out a legend, you know, yeah, it was, that, that was an honor in and of itself. Um, That's really that was cool. Such a co- yeah. That was a cool experience. That was probably one of the more profound things I got from it. Just seeing, um, someone who is so well known, so well revered, um, and playing for him at near the end of his like it is the end of his career, you yeah. know, and um, it's just it was a cool experience. That's uh, that's awesome. Obviously, it didn't end the way 
we wanted. It would have been cool to like, you know, do the championship in Vegas and everything. But oh, yeah, who are you telling? I'm like 30, 40 K out of, out of a missing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's true too. But, uh, at least you got a good experience along the way. And, you know, I guess yeah. kinda everything happens for a reason, right? Um, yeah. how hard was it? I mean, obviously you could have, you know, kept training and, and tried to, you know, make another NFL team. How hard was your decision? Or I guess, how did you make the decision to finally hang up the cleats and, and move on from football? Well, so the NFL, the Chiefs actually called me. They wanted me to come out to minicamp. Bro, the Chiefs? Uh, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they called me up in late April, May, or whatever it was. I have the date somewhere on my phone because it was like a significant a time in my life. Right. Um, wonder if it's in my phone. Yeah, it was uh, April twenty eighth. Um, I sort of had a God moment. Uh, not sorta. I did have a God moment. Um, so around that time, I was started. I started painting because when the Apollos ended, I was pretty bitter. I was pretty angry. I was like, I was just annoyed. I was like, because I, I have invested myself into this. You know, like I, yeah. I invested all my time. I invested all my energy. I invested my body. I invested. You know what I mean? Just I invested in it. Just like every other player there, and um, yeah, definitely, it was extremely frustrating that uh, some rich bureaucratic bullshit can um, screw over thousands of people. Um, yeah, in yeah. an afternoon, and um, so I was just sort of like, I have nothing set up for my future. I have um, no guarantee of playing again. I have um, nothing really going for me besides football sort of and that's like a big sort of you know yeah and i was like um i started painting i i've always drawn i've always painted but i never never at the level at which i'm doing now and um i was in my yard painting and i was like the cheese called me and i was just like i don't know what to do um and i'm sitting in my yard painting and i was like i don't know what to do god um, i have a bad feeling about going and playing right now it doesn't feel right in my spirit like it doesn't feel right in my gut and I was like, God, I need a clear sign from you. Um, you. You speak to the men in the Bible. This is pretty much verbatim what I said. I was like, you speak to the men in the Bible. And I want you to speak to me because I don't know what to do. I'll, I'll go play because I've spent my whole life playing. And I believe I thought this is what you had for me. But the door keeps shutting. And um, But I want to paint. And as soon as I finished that prayer, I mean, it was like, I mean, as soon as I stopped praying, my phone started ringing and um, a family friend was calling. And she was like, don't talk. She interrupted me before I could say hello. She's like, don't talk. She's like, God wants me to tell you something. And um, she was like, God's going to use you more in art than he ever did in football. And he's going to give you a bigger platform. He's going to give you a bigger network, more money, everything. Um, and I called my agent and I called the cheese back that night and I said I was done playing and um, everything's history now. Like all the painting I've done, um, the success I've had thus far, um, I've just been really going off that uh, God speaking that into my life. That's crazy. So you prayed and then you didn't talk to her or anything. She just called randomly. You're saying, yeah, she just called randomly. It was literally like, that's insane. That's it's crazy. insane. It was the craziest. I've never had a God moment like that. And I've like, I've heard about them. You hear about that stuff. Right. But, um, it's really hard to grasp 
grasp it until you've experienced it yourself. And it's literally like the whole world changed in an instant. I'm telling you, um, the sky was bluer. The plants were greener. Um, you had clarity in your life. It yeah, like. I had a really, yeah, I've, that's the biggest thing. I've changed so much since then um, as a person in a good way. Um, people at church, people in my close circles, people in general are all like, you're so different now. You're so much happier. Um, and I actually feel like I have, I know what my purpose is. And I know what my calling is. Yeah, you might have been good at football, but that wasn't what your purpose was. I, I think yeah. that's what it sounds like. Um, yeah, and I'm currently still like struggling um, with playing um, because the XFL keeps opening up, the door keeps opening up, um, and I do miss I miss the competition, I miss the contact. Um, I'm sure, and I've, I've and I've lost like 45 pounds since may you look good dude <laughs> i saw yeah. that picture you posted yeah thanks man and um and i'm uh, like i want to play tight end if i ever were to play again um hey, just you, real talk you could always do both i mean seriously well i'm thinking about it that's where i'm currently i'm in the middle and i, I really i need clarity i guess on this too because like why does the door keep opening you know yeah. it just seems it seems bizarre that they keep the door just keeps swinging open because I've told them I'm done. It's not like I haven't. Right. I've been, it's not like I've made it a secret. And um, I mean, it sounds like, you know, so far you've kind of been led in the right direction. And, you know, whatever happens, I'm sure will will definitely work out for the best. So so that's awesome. That'd definitely be cool to see you play another position, man. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about like what you're working on now, art wise, I guess. I'm um, currently, I'm just working on, so Titus O'Neill, uh, WWE superstar, um, his foundation, the Bullard foundation, um, they brought me on board. Um, they're doing a lot of work. Uh, so the initiative is they're building, um, Sly middle school in Tampa. They're building it up to the point where it becomes a community center for parents and it will offer medical services, legal services, financial literacy courses and food prep courses, as well as providing food, like a food pantry um, for underprivileged or underserviced families. Um, So in in all that, they're um, facelifting the whole school. And um, they brought me on board as a, the artist to paint the murals for the school. Um, I've currently, I painted a basketball court. I painted, uh, three walls inside, one like twenty foot wall outside, and then like, the whole front sidewalk walking in into the school. That's the stuff um, you've been posting recently, right? Yeah, that's all the stuff I've been posting. Nice. Um, yeah, and in exchange for my services, they've given me the art classroom. Um, their art program at the school has been like discontinued, so to speak. So they haven't been using this space, and they have just recently finished remodeling it, and um, they've given me the room in exchange for the work I've done. Um, and also one to two days a week, I will, uh, be working with the kids uh, with art, um, self-expression and stuff. Um, that's awesome. With like, yeah, after school programs and stuff. Yeah. So opportunity yeah. for you to pass on, you know, your passion to other people and, uh, yeah, for sure. Could be the next, uh, little Aaron Evans in the making in your classroom. That's cool. Yeah. Um, how much have you like improved or I don't know that much about art, like, um, since you really decided to make this like your full-time career and passion, like, were you always um, this good or like, tell me a little bit about your background, I guess. I've always been 
pretty solid at drawing. I, I didn't really start painting until, um, I mean, I've, I've painted here and there growing up, but I've never painted like I am now. And I never started using, I didn't really use color at all until like a year and a half ago. Um, I never, never even tried really to use color except for like, and I would do an art and craft with my mom or like do pottery class with my mom or something. <laughs> um, I never, any, all the stuff you've seen, I've never tried before. Um, this is all that's crazy you're just naturally gifted i guess yeah i mean i practice i draw a lot i draw every day um i still like you i don't post everything i do i post a lot but i i still go home and i'm sitting in my room at like one o'clock in the morning i'm sketching like i just that's what i do that's crazy Um, other people are like dreaming in their head and you're putting it on paper i guess oh i can't yeah my brain goes crazy i'm a little bit of a lunatic <laughs> like i just like my brain's very wild i was watching a lecture on quantum physics last night like just I'm, i just like it's mentally stimulating i right. guess i don't know how to explain it but um i get it um i've definitely improved i'm definitely improving uh i see colors more vividly i see um, pictures a lot clearer in my head um, i can draw significantly faster um, and I'm just steadily, like, I'm just starting to understand more and more. I'm learning more and more. And, um, really this is only the beginning. Um, I've only been like, seriously, they're like, I've only been doing this for five or six months, you know, uh, what's two years going to look like right. with my skill level? What's, what's, what's five years of really investing in art going to look like skill wise? Um, cause I'm putting the same effort I put towards football into art, like the exact same amount. Um, and uh, that's just, all, that's awesome, dude. Um, yeah, that's really cool to hear. So, if someone wants to um, to get like a commission done, which a commission is like, a, a, I guess, a custom painting, um, how can they get a hold of you? Um, uh, on my king on my website king frog dot com, um, there's a contact me tab at the bottom, and there's also links to um, all my social media accounts. So, if you can, you find me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, Facebook, whatever, whatever is the easiest for you, reach out to me on there and you can find everything on my website. Um, and then it's just shoot me an email, shoot me a message or what you're interested in, what you're kind of thinking about. Um, and I will work with you and try to figure something out. Awesome. And, uh, me, me and you for, for everyone listening, have something planned too, um, yeah. for, for this football season. So we're, I'm excited to see how that's going to turn out once we, once we kind of nail yeah. it down. Um, all right. So that being said, Let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about UCF a little bit. I've been saying that this might be our best team ever, but what are your thoughts on this year's team from what you've seen so far? Well, going into the season, I wasn't really sure what to expect, just being fully transparent. Yeah, um, part I, of me, no part, one was. Part, well, part of me was wondering if the success we had last season was more trickle down from Frost, uh, just sort of he inherited the culture. Uh, Hypo inherited the culture and he was just sort of riding that wave while it lasted. But um, seeing the team um, and how dominant and how physical, how explosive, how aggressive they're playing, this team is pretty impressive to watch, um, to say the least. I've really thoroughly enjoyed um, watching all phases of the game. They just attack, man. Like this is a top 10 or greater team. This team is ridiculous, honestly, yeah. right now. I agree, um, man. I agree. Making Stanford look like that, 
We're smacking teams. It's a complete domination in all three phases it's like, of the game. It's exactly. We're smacking teams. Like, And our second screen was in, and we were still smacking them. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, we just got to keep to do it, keep producing like this. Um, the, the haters will keep being haters and name branding and all that stuff. Um, but th- at the end of the day, we just got to – as UCF, we have to have our own consistent brand. I agree. And, you know, it seems like since the Stanford game, for the first time, the narrative has actually shifted. People are like, these guys are actually legit. I mean, even Feinbaum said it. I think they're seeing it. They're just seeing, like, if you watch the, if you just watch what's happening on the field, we're not like, we're not fluke plays. We are just smashing teams. Like, yeah. we're literally, like, honestly, like, the, the standard that we should be shooting for is Alabama. Like, the caliber we should be shooting for is Alabama because Alabama is consistently a powerhouse school consistently, no matter what year it is, no matter what they're consistently really, really, really good. And like, and honestly, that's the brand of football that I think UCF is building. The the size we have, the, the level of play, the speed we have, I mean, all facets of the game, the receiver core we have right now is ridiculous. Um, all the skill players, the running backs too. I mean, there's- I mean, every, I mean, literally everything. And like the fact that we, Lost our pride and joy, our star quarterback, like Kenzie, like, and we're still smacking teams. That's really impressive to me. It's just, you're right, man. It's just crazy. And you look at, um, you know, when you say we should be on the Alabama standard, what's crazy is that we're doing this. Not that I think the, the rankings mean that much, but these are all, you know, air quote, three-star recruits. We get maybe one four-star per year, um, and we're playing it like you said, definitely a top 10 level. I mean, there's no – anyone that thinks we're not a top 10 team has not watched us play and has not no, watched any No, not at all. Games. Or they're just, they're just doing the normal politics, bury your head in the yeah. sand, politic. Like, oh, it's UCF, they can't. But, like, I it's, agree, just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. I'm so tired of Florida and FSU and Miami and, I mean, whatever other schools. Just We're the best school in the state of Florida, hands down. We would smack every team in Florida right now. <laughs> I, I agree. So this brings me to my last question, but I think I might know what the answer is. Um, who would win between the 2017 team, UCF, and the 2019 team? Oh, 2017. <laughs> you might be a little bit biased in that, though, right? <laughs> I'm biased, but no. We were, we, had, we were stout then, though. If you think of like we were, we were a really good team that year. Yeah. I, remember, I remember like at the Cincinnati game, and we were just crushing them. We scored every single drive or whatever. That was nuts. That we, every, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then the game and got cut like, short in the third quarter. And I lost all yeah. my bet. I had so much money on that game, and none of them counted because for the bet to for the bet to count, it has to make it to the fourth quarter, and they stopped in the third. Oh wow. Yeah. That's but tough. um, that's tough. <clears throat> but uh, no, I remember sitting there at like halftime, and I was looking at my O line coach, and I was actually angry. I was like. Are we really that good? Like I was like I couldn't like I couldn't believe like it was crazy to me. Yeah, like that, we were just doing that, whatever we wanted. That was one of the games where I like started to realize I'm like wow like this season's really gonna be special because we were just tossing it. like you said it was almost a touchdown every drive I think they couldn't stop yeah. us at all. That no, I think fun, we didn't man. score one drive and it was a field goal. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that, that's a that's a loss. <laughs> that was a bad drive. Um, yeah. 
That's funny. Well, hey, dude, thanks so much, man. This is a really awesome interview. Definitely wish you the best in whatever you end up doing, whether that's taking another shot at football or just doing the art thing because you're extremely gifted at both. Um, so yeah, best of luck. And like you said before, if anyone wants to hit you up for some art commissions or anything, it's uh, what king-frog.com, right? Or you can yes, sir. or find you find him on Instagram, Twitter. It's not that hard. So yeah, thanks so much, man. Go Knights. Go Knights. Thank you to Aaron Evans for coming on the show. Sounds pretty cool, like what he's doing. I, I kind of want him to do like a custom painting for me. I don't know if what, maybe Definitely. a dog or me riding Nugget. That would be a cool. Yeah, not photo. weird, not weird at all. <laughs> you on a miniature animal? Um, wait, cow on horse? There's some kind of joke there. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> anyway, definitely check him out. Find him on social media. He's doing commissions. Even if you just follow him, he's always posting stuff on his Instagram, like what he's doing, the murals for the school. He did a really nice commission for a uh, very dedicated night fan named Britt that came out good. So, yeah, definitely check him out. All right. It's time for a favorite segment, Money Moves. <laughs> Picks of the week. Good vibrato there. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> All right, guys, two and one again. I let, dude, I'll take two and one. Two and one all day. Every single week. Free money. They're printing money. Two and one again this week brings my overall total to nine and six, 60%. Keeping up with the total from last year. So my two winners were Notre Dame, which you were fully against the minus 11. I, bet, I actually bet it, though. <laughs> I bet it. And then I think one of the easiest winners I've had in years, Penn State minus seven. Did not bet that, but I bet Wisconsin. Winning 59 nothing. Yeah, what well, I saw that score, and I'm like, is this an error? Like, is the app <laughs> like messed up? And uh, my one loser was Big Whiskey, Wisconsin, letting me down. You know, I actually watched the entire game. They had a chance, man, there for a while to cover they were and, just winning, and they were just playing like almost. I don't want to say like scared not to lose, but they like weren't playing aggressive. They were just, they're just playing. They knew they were going to win. They, you never thought Northwestern was ever going to come back in that game, but it also you never really thought they were going to cover the spread for a while. What I didn't account for was Northwestern's offense being so bad, but they also bleed the clock. Yeah, and it, I feel like the time was just ticking down, and there wasn't enough time for us to do anything, and. Oh, well, it oh, happens. Well. Can't be perfect. Two and so. one. We'll take it. All right. What do we got this so week? So before I go on to my picks, which I have a bonus pick this week, four oh. picks. Hey. First time yep. in a long time, just because I feel so confident about these picks. I just wanted to talk about UCF for a little bit. I left UCF out of my picks for last week as we saw the line fluctuate anywhere between 42, 42 and a half. We still should have covered, but... We should have, but, you know... You have to take into consideration garbage time. We can't control a lot of garbage time. We were up, right? we were up fifty six. The spread was locked in, but once you put backups in and the game's out of hand, you cannot control what happens on the field. Exactly. That's why you don't bet games like that. So very good point, Moo. That was a great example. That's why I told you all to pass. I did not listen. <laughs> it happens. So <laughs> you know we'll, we'll we'll go on to this week, but I'm going to say it again. Oh. UCF. I think it's down to minus four. I got minus four. Wait, should I not have bet that? I'm going to tell you guys to pass again on betting on UCF. Look, I know we renewed our confidence with UConn, but Cincinnati, even though I just 
said a bunch of bad stuff about them earlier. <laughs> they are a good team, and I'm a huge advocate of home field. Yeah, especially on, in college, especially like, a Friday night game, prime time. This is their Super ESPN. Bowl. ESPN. This is probably their biggest game of the year. I get it. It just home field means so much more in college, and you see it all the time. It's like, you know, top fifteen, top ten teams will lose. Look at what happened to Clemson earlier this week. Yeah, they go on the road to North Carolina. That wasn't even that far. Remember it was Ohio- one state over. You remember Ohio State Purdue last year? Right, same exactly. exact thing. And you know, it just. Teams just get this fire lit underneath them, and it doesn't matter what they've done all season or how good or where they are in the power ranks. For that one game, they just get up. They just get up and they give it their best, and it catches other teams off guard. I definitely get what you're saying. We're by far the best opponent on Cincy's schedule, so I could see that happening. I could also see us boiling them out, but I could see them giving us a tough time. We could blow them out for sure, but I just don't feel confident enough to be laying money on the minus four. this is not an FAU road game. Right. Yeah. This is a pass on this week. There'll be other opportunities. You know, just enjoy the game and root for our Knights. Another big factor that I take into consideration is I have a website where I can see big bets coming in across the world uh, and in Las Vegas. A big negative is when a lot of tickets are being written on a certain team. But not money. But not money. That constitutes a public bet. And public Joes. Usually the public away. loses. House always wins. Just rule of thumb. I know it's still early, but this is a huge disadvantage for UCF in the betting markets at least. 63% of the tickets, but only 26% of the cash. Usually it's 50-50 on a 50-50 game. That means the pros... The pros are on are Cincy. Are on Cincy, plus four. I, you know? The Joes, the public, they see UCF big-time scoring. They've covered in, I think, three of the five games. Should have covered in four. Yeah. you know, Should have won all five, but that's a whole other story. No, I get I it. I still think we're going to win the game, but I, I'm almost highly going to— I'm going to say highly suggest don't take UCF. You sh- unless game. you're one like super confident— then you shouldn't bet in a game. Like, yeah, the bet might have won, but if you weren't super confident, don't bet it. You don't have to bet right. on every game. So I get that. Nope. I th- we I only st- give winners here. I we're think we're going to blow them out, here. but I think there's a possibility that it could be a close game just because of the circumstances. Personally, I think it's going to be till the very end. I want them to be able to carry Dylan Barnes off the field with a 50-yarder. Don't put me through that, dude. I'm going there in person. <laughs> I can't, That's like going to be awesome. Yeah, but you're in the front row. You str- could just like jump right over. Hey. <laughs> now, dude. If you make it till the end of the game. 42-10 UCF, book it. Anyway, let's get to your picks. Yeah, rambling too much. <laughs> All right. So the first pick this week, we're going to take Oregon minus 15 and a half at home against Cal. Hmm. What, do you got something to say already? I just want to hear what you have to say first, and then I'll kind of give my little analysis. All right, so by my power ranks, they should be around minus 22. So we're creating almost seven points worth of value. Look, Oregon's only loss was to Auburn in a neutral site week one matchup. And they were winning most of the game, too. Oh, yeah. And I, I had, I picks, had Oregon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know. I watched the whole game. But in week one, we didn't realize how good Auburn was yet. They were like 15 or something. They weren't top 10 or anything. Anyway, Oregon let it slip away late, and since then, they've demolished teams, haven't allowed a double-digit score, and yes, I know they played Nevada, Montana, and Stanford, but Stanford, still. Stanford, very good team. 
Still, it's all about confidence. A one-point win on the road for Cal versus Washington was a fluke. They're 4-1, but all four of their wins are by one score. They've just been sneaking by teams. This won't happen, especially at home. Another thing is, their quarterback's hurt. Cal's quarterback, Chase Garbers, injured last game. I don't know if you saw that play, but after the play, it's all over Twitter. He's like walking down the sidelines. I think he hurt his like elbow or his shoulder. And his teammate comes up and like slaps him on the injured shoulder elbow. I did not see this. Yes. Uh, not Saying good. like, yeah, man, let's go. And he slapped the injured arm or shoulder or whatever. So that probably put him out another two weeks. Made it worse. You look at the backup, almost no experience whatsoever. The backup's terrible. But Oregon at home, give me the Ducks, minus 15 and a half all day. So a couple things for me. Justin Herbert. He's on his like NFL audition. He could possibly be the number one overall pick. And not saying that any college player or team never plays their best, but like you remember when the Ravens made that playoff run and Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl and he was in the last year of his contract. Joe Flacco was perfect those playoffs. And all he did after that was stink it up. There's something to be said about players playing for whether it's a draft spot or the next contract or something, it definitely elevates their game. And I really think that we're just, we're going to see lights out game from him. Plus for some reason, I still like Oregon because the whole Scott Frost and the the uniforms and stuff. I feel like that trickled down to us somehow. So I'm with you on this Oregon. Let's take them. Let's go. All right. My next pick, we got to run through these quicker because I got four. (laughs) All right. I'm going to take Texas Longhorns. Minus 10 at West Virginia. Look, this is going to be quick. West Virginia, they can't score. Average 25 a game, good for 94th in the nation. Texas, it is their first road game, which has me a little nervous, but Sam Ellinger is experienced enough, shouldn't phase him. They're fine. West Virginia is like East Texas. They're like right there. West Virginia, really on a downturn. Lost Dana Holgerson. Can't recover from that. They only beat James Madison at home by seven. Texas... (laughs) 10 points in college is nothing. Take the Longhorns. I agree with you 100%. Third pick of the week, I'm taking the Troy Trojans plus 25 and a half at Missouri. So they're a big underdog, huge but you're under cover. Yeah, but I've picked a huge underdog before when I picked Houston against Oklahoma and they won. That's true. So Troy plus 25 and a half. This should be closer to like 18, so another game of a touchdown value. Troy's 2 and 2, but both of their losses are by one score. And they'll keep it close. Look, they're not going to win this game by any means. But 25 and a half is just too much. They average scoring 41 points a game. And you're giving me 25 and a half? That's a straight bargain. And Troy's one of the best. They're FCS, right? No, they're in like, they're in the Sun Belt. They beat, who do they beat? Like LSU or something two years yeah, ago? Yeah, They're yeah. one of the better, like lower <laughs> yeah, level teams. No, right? I agree. Plus Missouri, I feel like they still haven't fully recovered from losing Josh Heupel. Probably not. Yeah, their offense just has not looked the same. So I'm with you here. And Missouri is coming off a bye week, but they've been at home for three straight weeks. So that really doesn't, I feel like a bye week. Does that include the bye? No. Oh. So really they've been home for having a bye week after being away for a long time. Half their team has probably never left the state of Missouri or whatever. Missouri. Well, they're not going to this week either. What did I just say? (laughs) Missouri. Oh, I (laughs) did. He's tired, folks. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> off of their bye week, three straight weeks plus the bye week. They haven't left the state of Missouri in four, five weeks. 
You know, they're just too comfortable. And why do you want to beat Troy? They just want to get out of here with a win. You know, why do they need to beat him by t- more than 25 and a exactly. half? Exactly. They could even get up by a little bit and just be comfortable Answer and still is, never cover. They don't take Troy plus 25 and a half. It's a lot of points. All right. What's your last pick? Last pick is the Miami Hurricanes minus 11 and a half at home against Virginia Tech. Look, this is Virginia Tech's first road game in over a month. They're coming off. Like we just said that. Right. Well, yeah, dude, I'm telling you home and road. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. 60%. Look at it. You're right. Do I not pick winners? You do. No, I'm not questioning you. I'm just saying this is I sense a theme, but that's good. Last week, I watched this game, too. They came off a drubbing at home by Duke. They Duke. lost 45-10. Wait, Duke sucks. I know. They're not. So we're taking Wait. Miami. Get out of here. That's Yeah, that's free. So Virginia Tech, 2-2, two and two, and their two wins against Old Dominion and Furman. Those don't even count. Right? Yeah. They're minus eight in the turnover margin. Can't hold on to the damn ball. Miami? Miami's defense is going to eat. That They're turnover at- chain. And the knuckles? coming out Miami's actually good they're raw but they're good and I, th- I feel like they're on the up and up they're good because they're battle tested yeah. look they played Florida but we didn't realize that Florida was supposedly a top 10 but it doesn't team. matter Virginia actually like sucks or Virginia Tech actually sucks right yeah also Miami's played UNC who almost knocked off Clemson so, so Miami, they're battle tested yeah. they've come off of those two losses won two in a row their defense is solid sixth best rushing defense in the country could be a lower scoring game, but I'm still going to take Miami as the big favorite, minus 11 and a half. Let's uh, recap the picks real quick. We're taking Oregon at home, minus 15 and a half. Texas, minus 10 on the road at West Virginia. Troy, plus 25 and a half on the road against Missouri and Miami. Hurricanes, minus 11 and a half at home against Virginia Tech. Let's get that money. All right, last up, we've got our mailbag. Thank you guys for all your submissions. Our first question is from Golden Knight, the second. Two-part question. What's the most satisfying food you've had while drunk? And who is the most notable UCF football player you have in your phone? Hmm. Well, most notable football player, I'll go backwards. So second question first. I'll go backwards. So second question first. Uh, Most notable football player I have in my phone uh, I do have a picture with Gabe Davis. No, I I think he means like contact information. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't have anybody. Bah. I, don't I don't know anybody. <laughs> I got a picture with Gabe Davis uh, right, that counts. at the USF game. We were in the front row and he was walking over and I like threw him my cell phone. I was like, yo, let's take a selfie. Yo, it's actually pretty cool. And he, yeah. did, he, he was like, yeah, sure. And uh, then I got to meet Traquan at the spring game. I oh, actually yeah. talked to him for a, a long time. I remember that picture, too. So that's cool. That's about it. I what about know. your favorite drunk food? Favorite drunk food? Uh, around UCF? Ah, lazy moon. Especially, like, <laughs> back in the day. Dude, they were open till like, 3 a.m., too. Even the inside part. Not, like, little just bo- McDonald's drive through or something. Boxcar Willie. Yeah, I mean, ah, so good. I could use a pint of PBR so good. slice right now. All right, so most famous UCF football player on my phone. Um... I have Bortles' number, but he changed it, so I don't know if that counts, but I'm going to go with that. My favorite drunk food? That's a tough one. Gringos. I mean, come on. It's classic. And now they put one at UCF, so it's like even more like available. Not that I'm ever drunk at UCF, but anyway. All right. What do you Never. got next? This one's from Vince Jura. 
Will Gabe Davis stay another year since his brother will be on the team as a freshman tight end? So as soon as you started asking that question, I just want to be like, no. But his brother Jordan Davis is like a six foot five, two hundred fifty pound incoming freshman. Right. That's a twenty twenty UCF commit. That's another angle I've never considered. I'm still gonna go with no because he's gonna be a very high draft pick. Ah, but, but what about you know he's done everything with his best friend Bam. And Bam's out this year, going to be able to come back next year. So do they just do the senior ride or die with his little brother? I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Heupel not afraid to play true freshman. That's true. Could be awesome. Yeah. Could be awesome. I'm not just saying this. That's a great question, dude. I never thought it was even a possibility of him staying. You just brought up two very, very valid reasons for him to actually possibly stay. Which is very. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what do you pick? Okay, if I was Gabe, like, look, you got to at least try to see where you're going to be picked in the NFL. If your first round pick, you got to do it, man. You can't risk it. That's why I think if they say you're going to be a first round. Now, if you're going to be like a third round or lower, even though I disagree with that, that's why I think he's going to go because I think he's going to get graded a first round pick. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that would make you stay if you're going to be a first-round pick. unguardable. But, that, you know, it happens. They said Justin Herbert was a first-round pick last year, and he decided to stay. That's true. It probably made the wrong decision. Remember, Matt Barkley was supposed to be first overall in, like, the 2010 draft? He stayed for his senior year at USC and went in, like, the sixth round to the Eagles because yeah. he sucked it up. Joe Kim Noah, he was going to be, like, a top five pick and he decided to stay ended up winning a national championship still ended up being a first rounder basketball is a little different like your offensive line can't make you look better at basketball or you know what i mean like yeah that's true it'd be it's tough man whatever decision he decides to make you got to do what's best for yourself we don't know what that is and uh yeah you know we'll respect his decision no matter what and honestly just thankful to have have him here for these three years of awesomeness and his 22 touchdown pace this season. All right, next question from Nico K. Rico. If DG struggles on the road versus Cincy, like he did against Pitt in the first half, should Matt come into the game? Or do we ride and die with the freshman quarterback till the end? No, you got to keep DG in the game, man. I agree. Uh, it's, it's not even a question. He said Look, it himself, ride or die. Just like we said earlier, he, has more, he now has more experience than Mac. That's crazy. Like to think even about. though Mac, yeah, he's he's a very good quarterback, but it's just a crazy problem that we have that we have so much talent at the quarterback level. You gotta keep DG in there, man. You gotta show your confidence in them, and that will help bring them out of those lows. If you just give up and bench them, even if you're trying to make a point, what if the next guy comes in and doesn't do that well? Right. Now he's afraid. Because he, he knows he could get benched too. Pick oh. one guy and you show confidence in him and that's it. If he is struggling, perhaps, you know, start the run game up. Yeah. Just, you know, something. Just give it to Ben Very, Otis few, very few weaknesses here. A trillion. <laughs> All right, what do you got next? Go with anybody. This next question is from Brando Nitro. How many nights do you think get drafted next year? Gabe Davis, assuming he leaves early. You got Neville Clark, Richie Grant, A.K., Seems like we have a lot of upperclassmen. And don't forget about Jordan Johnson. Hmm. Schneider is draft eligible now. He's he a redshirt junior. Draft... No, right? he's, he's only a sophomore, man. A redshirt sophomore. Sorry, that's yeah. his third year, though, is what I meant. The crazy thing is, is like preseason, he was like the 30th best ranked offensive lineman already as a sophomore. Dang. I mean, kid's a stud. Yeah. 
But what about everybody else? Uh, <laughs> all right, so this is a lot to think about. Um, did they say Richie Grant? Yes. So Grant, Killens, and Jordan Johnson, three. Gabe Davis, four. And Neville. Five. Uh, Nate Evans? He didn't refer to Nate Evans in the question. No, no I'm saying he. The, the, the question was how many people total. Right, right. I'm just throwing out people that could get drafted. You know, I'm just going to say five because there's always like, you always think a certain amount of people are going to get drafted and then like one of them doesn't for some reason. So I'm just going to go with five. You really think five to get drafted? Would that be a record? It's got to be. Yeah. There's that no would be way a record. We have more than five people yeah. drafted. In I'm one. probably wrong, but you know what? I'm optimistic. I love these guys. Yeah, I do too. I would say three, and my order would be Davis, Grant, and then in a vi- I think in a later round, somebody takes a flyer on Killens just because the speed, but it's not all about the speed too, because I remember watching the- There's Some power now too. He does have more power yeah. now. I remember watching the combine. I'm like, oh my God, some dude just ran a 4-2, and then- I remember it was J.J. Nelson out of UAB, and then he didn't even get drafted. Although he is playing in the NFL right now. It's just weird, you know, how they... It's crazy, too, because, like, you could get drafted by, like, a crap team, and you would have been good, but you're not, and vice versa. Like, players that might have never had a shot, like, say, um, Julian Edelman. got dra- If he didn't get drafted yeah. by the Patriots, he would have... Probably never even made a roster. Malcolm Butler. But he found same thing. He got on a team where the coach knew exactly how to use him and maximize his talent, and he did great. And I'm sure there's, you know, look at Adam Thielen. He was an undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agents most of the time do not make rosters just because of numbers. It's not because they're not good enough. They don't even get a chance to show that they're good enough. So it's crazy. It's almost luck. Last question here from Rafael Davila. Do you think UCF can jump Boise in the rankings and or make the Cotton Bowl even if Boise doesn't lose? Yes. Next question. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we talked about this earlier, so I think it's 100% true, and I'm putting all of my confidence into this. We don't need Boise to lose, but we do need to win every game. Convincingly, too. If we lose a second game, I think it's pretty much over for Cotton Bowl. I think we're out of the top 25, actually. But, look, we got our free pass, so we're good. We're fine. We're 18. We got a do-over. What? We're 18. What? We're three spots behind where we were When were we ranked 18 last year? Like, week four? I don't know. And we had won, like, a a crap ton of games in a row. (laughs) This is also stupid. There should be a better system, but... We could have a whole other show on that. All right, let's wrap this up with the one question everyone wants to know. From Nug Get Hyped, will UCF problems be standing at the Cincy game? 100%. So everyone wanted to know because obviously you heard last week. I'm not getting kicked out of Nippert Stadium. Sean Sean had a little bit of a scuffle, verbal scuffle. Don't say Uh, scuffle. It was a disagreement. Sean had a little bit of a disagreement with the security, security at Heinz Field a couple weeks ago. They had to call on backups, apparently. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Big, big bad UCF props. Yeah. yeah so, maybe. anyway, he got kicked out for standing, but uh, apparently not- he's going to be standing loud and proud there at Nippert. Yeah, I'm not going all the way up to Cincinnati to like sit down and be quiet. I'm just going to leave it at that. So, if you don't like it, deal with it or something. <laughs> 
So, as you can tell, we're all very tired from traveling the last few weeks. Yeah, let's wrap this up. We've got a couple. Meanwhile to the West is... Wests? Wests. Meanwhile, meanwhile to the West is... Good. Over in USF, complete dumpster fire. Just a couple funny little things. Uh, number one, they go to play at UConn this week. Game was supposed to be at 7 p.m., was moved up seven hours to 12 p.m. as a deadly mosquito-borne virus what? has forced them to move the start time. What does that mean? What? So they've moved... Yeah, that's what I said. I guess it's a precaution <laughs> against a potentially deadly mosquito-borne eastern equine encephalitis, or the triple E. I guess the board of... Uh, Health? Board of Health. The Board of Mosquitoes. Or the Massachusetts... Board of Mosquitoes. (laughs) The Massachusetts public health officials have confirmed 12 human cases of Triple E, and three residents have died. This is a huge concern uh, for the entire state of Massachusetts, so they don't want anybody out around dusk. So they move the game up to noon. That's so weird. So so stupid. I got an even better meanwhile to the West. So this was a tweet by former USF football player... Johnny Ward, I remember senior year after Willie Tiger left and Charlie Strong took over. Strong talked to the team during the bowl week, and at the end of his meeting, he said, I'm glad to be the head coach of University of South Carolina, who was our opponent in the bowl game. (laughs) Hashtag, we booed him up out of here. That's, wow. That was somehow funnier reading it out loud. <laughs> I have no words. Charlie Strong, although we... Dude, I feel th- like we need to applaud Charlie Strong How because you- it just makes USF look so bad. He's the worst coach ever. He really is. And it's pretty... I mean, think about it. He went from Louisville. He took the Texas job, failed miserably. He just took the paycheck at USF. He is so checked out and it's very, very, very evident. He doesn't care. Their entire fan base is calling for him to get fired, and I feel bad. I've been there. I started the Fire George petition. I get it. When someone's checked out, you feel helpless. Wait till they lose this week and make our UConn win look even better. (laughs) It's funny because USF football is at that point. It's kind of where FSU is. They want to lose because it expedites the firing process. Any win... It stretches out the inevitable firing longer. So they actually want him to lose. And it's all over Twitter, the USF bullpen. Um, Some person I follow is USF fan of the year. I mean, it's like unanimous. Everyone's out on Coach Charlie Strong. And uh, yeah, hate to see it. (laughs) Hate to see it happen. Hate to see it. Um, All right, you got anything else? No, that's it. I just want to wish good luck to our Knights traveling up to Cincinnati this week. Thank you. The fans as well. Be loud. Be proud. Don't stand get, up. Don't, don't get, get kicked, kicked out. out. And uh, follow my picks. If you don't follow me on Twitter, I also send the picks out on Twitter at UCF. And if you don't follow UCF Problems on Twitter, what are you doing? How do you? There's no way anyone listens to the podcast and doesn't follow me on Twitter, right? Not being cocky, but like I feel. I like mean, maybe there are some people that don't use Twitter. Maybe our podcast has like grown its own little following. I don't know. Could be. I, I don't know. Just saying. So yeah, follow, subscribe, leave a comment, um, tell your friends. I'll be going to Cincinnati. I have no idea what's going on. Hit me up. We'll find something to do. We'll bar tailgate or whatever. I've heard Cincinnati is really cool. Um, might make a sign for the game. We'll see. That's it. Go Knights. Charge on.
Contamination. Contamination. <laughs> 